Hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere Last of Us recap and review podcast. Fungus. Fungus? Fungus! I am, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from the red wastes of Texas is Patrick Ramirez. Fungus. Patrick Fungus. That's my new name for this last uh, two episodes of this show. From Fungus Land, Fungus. Yes, please respect what Patrick would like to be called John. Respect my fungus names, John. Also joining me from a post-apocalyptic cannibal cult compound is Jesse Wind. Brr, I'm so cold. Look at my blistered red nose. All the skin is peeling off. Today we will be discussing episode 8 of season 1 of The Last of Us. When we are in need. Follow the light. (laughs) Fuck is the wrong part of the podcast. Look for the fungus. Fungus, fungus. The first thing we learn in this episode is that apparently organized religion does still exist. Um, I'm sure this isn't going to be completely uh, cynical and creepy and horrible, right? No way. Not on (laughs) HBO, John. (laughs) Not in The Last of Us. So basically, a guy named David is leading a group of survivors, and he has the power of God on his side, and he's making moves. In silence and in violence. (laughs) Um, Also, Ellie is being a doctor, and she is tending to Joel's extremely pus-filled wound. Um, And when she goes out to go hunting, that's when these two forces collide. And two of these creepy weirdo religious types stumble upon her kill before she can get to it. When I was reading the internet forums, I didn't think that they said pussy daddy, but that must've been what they were talking about. Yeah, that does make Mm. sense. I don't know what else that would be referring to. So, you know, man, his stomach looks super fake to me. Yeah. (laughs) I was hoping no one else was going to say it because I was just going to pretend it didn't happen. But yeah, it looked very fake. They even showed it breathing, but like just not moving like a normal stomach would. Or looking there, you like don't a think that's stomach. a prosthetic stomach, do you? That just has to be some like uh, pro- like a tiny application on his real tum-tum, right? I think they added some CG onto it and fucked it up. Oh. I don't know what they did. I thought it was like 100% real prosthetic, but it looked like if you took one of those like ice packs that they mail you with like food stuff, you know, and like painted it skin tone and put a belly button in the middle <laughs> and then just strapped it or glued it to your stomach, that's what it looked like to me. The fuck? I was just getting like weird, uncanny vibes with it where like the part with the actual wound, I was like, that looks kind of normal. And then I looked like over towards his belly button and his uh, cum gutters because, you know, me, I got a fucking look. And that looked very weird and like not real. Yeah. Wow. I didn't notice this at all. I feel like this is a very me thing to complain about. Yeah. Pedro Pascal should have, should have let them stabbed him with a penicillin needle for real for the role. Oh man. <laughs> that did look a little gnarly. I, is that how you use penicillin? I, we should wait to talk about that, but I have okay. no idea. <laughs> I have no idea if that's correct or not. <laughs> um, let's, I mean, if you guys, don't have anything else you want to touch on let's just jump to like ellie talking to david around the fire because i feel like that's where the whole like conflict uh comes about because that's when we find out that uh these guys are some of the guys that attacked joel and ellie at the college right is that what you guys got 
Yeah. Okay. Well, they he he sent the people out that went there. I guess. Yeah, it, they were part of the same group. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, wow, maybe don't just always start shit with everyone you run. Do you just is that just rule number one? Is you have to fight everyone you run into in the wasteland? Are you talking about them? About the cannibal cult? Um, yeah, I'm talking about the three overly horny dudes who attacked Pedro for no reason. They were just scouting for shit just like him. So every time you run into someone when you're looking for shit, you're just like, you got to die now. I can't remember. It's like two episodes ago, right? Like, I can't remember why they just started shooting at them, right? Like the raiders from this cannibal group started shooting at Ellie and Joel, right? Or they wanted to steal his shit or something. I can't remember. They tried to take his horse. Yeah. Which now we know why they tried to take his horse. It was to fucking eat it. (laughs) Oh, dude gnarly i didn't even put that together okay like when ellie's horse gets shot and then he tells you know some of them to go back home and then he's like um, um, or he carries ellie back and he's like do you carry the pull the horse like what yeah two people are not pulling a fucking horse like all the way four miles (laughs) we're jumping around yeah we are jumping around yeah sorry You said horse, and it made me think of that. So uh, I just wanted to point out in this scene that David says a crazy man attacked these three these three dudes, and I was like, yeah, uh, like I was getting defensive of my daddy, right? And I was like, no, that's not what happened. Like they were definitely the aggressors in this situation, and they fucking stabbed him when they could have just like ran away after he killed the first dude. So like. Nah, man, like I was getting defensive and then I was like starting to kind of put pieces of the puzzle together as the episode went on. So that part of this episode I really liked. Kind of like the ambiguity, whether David is actually like looking out for people's best interests or not. Yeah, I have a whole theory, but we will get into it later on. Um, So anything else about this opening of the episode or can we just move on up? I, Patrick, go ahead. Well, kind of had like I had like a. I had a thought that I think maybe we touched on it before, but in this world, like obviously the most terrifying shit, well, on the surface, you think the most terrifying shit to run into would be clickers and bloaters and like fungus infected people, right? Or cordyceps infected people. But really like the most stressful and the most tense this show gets is with other humans that you run into because, and that's like it for all these post-apocalyptic shows. It's like, uh, there's the potential for this to be good or bad bad right and it's a 50 50 and you don't know and you can't know until you spend time with these people right and then once you see kind of as we see later in the with the fire or in the in that like shed the winter shed part with ellie and david like you don't know how you can't it's hard to gauge people right uh in this type of setting and i thought that was interesting that the fungus is like the star of the show as far as the villain (laughs) but man the worst the worst things in the show are other people (laughs) Yeah, and I think there's something to what Jesse was saying earlier where I'm I'm not sure if that's realistic. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm naive and trying to, like, you know, see the best in people. But, like, it's hard for me to imagine that resources would be so scarce that we would lose so much of our humanity that it would just be, like, on site immediately. No matter who it is or what the situation is, you're just like, oh, it's a person. I'm going to steal their shit. You know what I mean? Like... It's crazy to yeah. me that, that, that society would devolve to that point. But again, maybe it would. I don't know. I, I like to think it wouldn't, but who knows? Yeah, it's really hard to think about. Like, I was just li- listening to you recount it was, like, uncomfortable. 
Because at first I was like, oh, I could believe it. I could believe it until you kind of got to the very end where it's just like, but like on site, bud, that's where we're at. There's not even like a single second of like, okay, so like we you go 10 paces that way and I'm 10 paces this way. I don't know. Uh, I get that's so sad to like really let it set in for a second. Yeah, because I guess that is the universe as they have established it. I guess that really is it. Yeah, it sucks to think about, man, especially uh, given the state of this country right now, where <laughs> who I mean, knows yeah, when everything is going to fall apart and we're going to be living in Last of Us world on site. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I need too much convincing that, uh, unfortunately, things would so- kind of end up like this, at least at some places, you know, so, uh, <sighs> you're probably maybe the right. red waste of Texas <laughs> be like that. Probably, John, uh since you have uh are my partner in naivete when this homie came on screen and first started talking to ellie uh david did you just get bad creepy vibes from him immediately no i thought he was gonna be cool to be honest oh dude (laughs) really i did not get those vibes at all oh i I thought he was gonna be like a cult leader but a cool one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would have been dope. Like, you, I know, think, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's kind of like an, like, I thought he was going to be like an altruistic cult leader where he's like, listen, I don't want to be the cult leader, but like, they seem happy and they like need someone to look up to. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the vibes I got. But from that for, okay. So, okay. That's, I, I got, that did get me for a single second at the end, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. I, when he sat down, I immediately got like. Hannibal Lecter vibes from that guy, <laughs> which I guess is like real primo acting on his part. Yeah, but this is a good actor. It, it's too good when you're too nice. It's the way overly nice. That's suspicious too. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it's just not you know you you're looking for the catch. You know, hundred percent. It's like that's that's just a different kind of lying, and I think it's really human to be aware of that when someone is doing <laughs> that too. Um, I. I wanted him to be cool also. I think it was a little bit of wishful thinking where I was like, the obvious thing is that like the fucking religious dude is going to be a bad guy and like creepy and horrible. You know what I mean? So I was like mm-hmm. wanting the show to do the more interesting thing and like, no, he's actually a good guy. You know what I mean? But like, of course they weren't going to do that. They were never going to do that. There's no universe in which they did, they did that. a different interesting thing. We'll get to later at least. I mean, I, well, I was, I was going to say the, uh, so like it opens, I think the show opens like going to that steakhouse where he's preaching, right? And playing the game, it's not a spoiler because we've all seen the episode, but playing the game, spoiler! I, couldn't rem- I couldn't remember what happens in this town until I saw the steakhouse and I was like, oh yeah, but I couldn't remember exactly like how it goes down and I couldn't remember this preacher guy until uh, until later and then I, then I put the pieces, I was like, oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> Dude, I didn't realize it was a steakhouse, and you saying that now is such a hilarious, just like on the nose fucking thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Steaks, human steaks, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when the. Oh, we'll get to it later. Go ahead, John. Sorry. So where we are is that Ellie has secured some antibiotics. She got some, uh, I guess, intravenous or I don't know what you would call it, penicillin. Tummy venous. I think intravenous is in a vein. The good fungus. <laughs> yeah. And she, originally it was going to be half a deer, but I think she kind of freaks out and just says, fuck it. I'll trade the whole deer. <laughs> that's that's adorable. Well, yeah, she 
didn't real yeah lost a little bit of the control of that situation but yeah i forgot penicillin is a good fungus so that's an yeah. adorable little thing yeah that's true fungus is both your worst enemy and your best friend in this universe hey and also kind of your best friend in this universe too bud <laughs> well i don't know about <laughs> that but uh so unfortunately david and the church cult are not done with Ellie because they send her on her way with the penicillin, but they also send a hunting crew to go and search all the houses and find Joel. They don't know who Joel is, but they about to find out. <laughs> That's oh, for sure. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, oh, yes. I, I was going to mention this earlier, but Ellie is uh, a G. Uh, I'll say that a few times in this episode, but when she moves the uh, the shelf uh armoire thingy into in front of the door i was like you're i love you that's the best move didn't fool him though i love how he's like so fucked up and like dying and ellie still has complete faith that she's like here here's a knife don't fall asleep if they come in here kill him it's like bro look at him he's so fucked up and of course (laughs) she ends up being right but it's like funny that it didn't even occur to her that's like he wouldn't be able to just kill a guy with a knife. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm just, you're going to, the adrenaline will come. I just need you to know, here's the knife and a, the last piece of jerky on your blanky blank. If yeah. you can eat it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that was jerky. I thought it looked like cat food to me or something. Okay. okay. She's like, okay, here's your rations for today. <laughs> you still have your other ones. Did either of you guys think that she was going to baby bird the jerky to him? He, a dude, a hundred percent, Joel. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. I thought she was gonna chew it up and then, like, maybe not directly mouth to mouth, baby bird it, but like spit it into her hand and like put it in his mouth or something. Yeah, I'm so glad you just brought that up because I didn't take <laughs> notes on that. You just triggered that memory where I a hundred percent thought. I that think was they're gonna cowards happen. for not doing that. To be honest, <laughs> they're like, oh, it wouldn't be cool, and I'm like, no, but it's fucking realistic. Baby birding is too far in this cannibal episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's other. Oh God. Yeah. Um, also, I have this is a note I have that I just want to read. Uh, note number two: I immediately assumed they were eating people. Oh, so, when the cook asks uh, what meat this is, yeah, is what meat is this? I was like, well, people. When she said that, people. I was like, oh, that's gotta be, it's gotta be people. Although, also, those are huge fucking chunks, man. Those are big and chunks. She was bro. like throwing in that soup. That's a meaty boy. Well, it was a deer, or, right? Yeah, but like. That's what, what like they each said. person's getting like a filet mignon in their soup bowl. Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> wink. Just or, uh, Patrick, you say that, but the first thing you usually harvest off of a deer would be the tenderloins, the backstraps. Oh, so actually, except that was people. I I don't even know what backstrap. I thought backstrap looked like bacon. No, backstrap is like where I'm pretty sure it's where like the filet mignon comes from. Are you serious? Really? Oh, I'm like I've only heard of backstrap sure. from uh, the res dogs, reservation dogs. Yeah. They're talking about venison backstrap in that, and it's yeah, it's but like I, the it's like it's called the backstrap? choice cut because it's like right by the spine. It's like on either side of the spine. Oh, there's wow. like these long yeah. strips of really like lean, tender meat. So okay, we, when we're I getting into now. this city, when the birds fly away, that's awesome. That was the best touch, best way to start that scene. That was the nature's alarm clock. Yeah, when or, uh, when Ellie uh, notices it and she was like, "Oh yeah." They're Alarm getting into town, and yeah, she sees those birds go into the air, and because she is a clever girl, she knew exactly what clever the fuck that meant. <laughs> we all did, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, I just wanted to point out, too, like, because when this happens, she's watering the horse, and uh, the idea 
I just yes, that's to, what we call it, John. We call it watering the she was horse. Snowing, I, snowing the horse. I think that is what they call it, to be, but I might be wrong. Uh, but no, I, I'm going to start calling it watering the cat. <laughs> the idea yeah. of a horse that's just parked in a garage is so funny to me. <laughs> when the, like, the garage door was open and the horse was just chilling in there, I was like, bro, yeah, where's like, he going to go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that until you just said it. That's some like GTA shit you would do because you think <laughs> yeah. it's funny. You're like, I yeah. parked the horse in the garage. Well, I mean, it is transportation. And what do you do with transportation? You park it in the garage, right? Like, it is the closest thing to a barn they have. That's for sure. Yeah, a horse doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Normally, you would leave it outside, but she doesn't want someone to steal it. So you got to park it inside. <laughs> well, she doesn't oh, have man. like a horse blanket either. So it's probably like too cold. That's yeah, true. That's, you're right. Thank you, Patrick, knowing about horse blankets. <laughs> As she feeds this horse snow. Like she picked up snow and then immediately gave it to the horse. The horse is like, okay, chewy water today. Yeah. We- <laughs> chewy water. Uh, I thought she was going to melt the snow. Uh, to be I but that immediately was dismissed but when she was started doing that I was like oh cool smart melt it nope never mind also whenever as you have you guys ever tried to melt like there's been times when it snowed here and like the water goes out or whatever and you like need to flush the toilet or something and you like scoop buckets of water uh, snow and you like hope it's gonna melt there's always like grass and shit in there like it's never clean like ever <laughs> where we live uh there's definitely enough top snow that you could just definitely just, just scoop so it up much and do to it. go with before it touches the grass and it, <laughs> yeah oh, you have <laughs> snow an embarrassment of snow riches yeah <laughs> <laughs> you got the hygienic top snow <laughs> pretty sure the the like scientists said that like none of the world's ra- rainwater is really like good to drink anymore so but whatever yeah we're, well, we're talking about like flushing the toilet though like that's fine i was eating you, you don't drink it before you put it in the top of the bowl you know to top it off i eat it out of the bowl <laughs> <laughs> you just put you just put straight snow in the toilet bowl <laughs> and syrup because i'm making snow cones sometimes uh if my <laughs> sink is occupied with like things i will defrost my chicken in the tank of my toilet just put it in a little ziploc bag throw it in there everybody's shame john right now no okay no 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 Our podcast what? listeners s- as soon as john said he put shame. it in a ziploc bag he's kosher that's that's a baller move John has a free other sink. We all have a... No, we're cowards. I fully admit this. We have a free other sink that we're not using, and John realizes he pays rent for that shit. I I do double bag it also. I mean... To be fair, I was gonna say hopefully you're not buying you a it. shitty. You don't want to. You don't want a chance to shitty bags on that chicken. <laughs> Put it in there. No, definitely not. Um, oh, also when David goes back to the his little uh, resort or whatever, he uh, definitely doesn't immediately do child abuse. Oh my god, <laughs> that was wild. And then immediately with the the handout to let me help you, my child. That was disgusting. That yeah. Was, uh, that was uh, that was pretty horrible. I that was really uncomfortable with the like, I don't know the immediate contrasting imagery of the open hand slap and then the open hand gesture to help you up after doing said crime. It hit hard and made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was. I'm starting to think he might be a bad guy. That was the point where I was like a hundred percent sure uh, he's not the cool cult leader we were hoping for yeah oh you mean this guy's an asshole <laughs> that's leading these cannibal cultists people would be so mad if like they rewrote the show like that like if he's like that in the game and then in the show they're like no he's cool actually like <laughs> they would hate that that would be the most b- 
baller move, though. <laughs> yeah, that's like it, some Stan Lee arguing with Steve Ditko shit, where Steve Ditko would write in Spider-Man panels where he'd be swinging over hippies, and it would he'd write in like "Get a job, you dirty hippies!" while they're protesting <laughs> the war, and Stan Lee would white it out and rewrite like "You're doing a good service for the country, kids." Yeah, and then uh, Steve Ditko quit Spider-Man and working for Marvel. Yeah, there's like there's like no bright spots in this in this show uh, unnecessarily. Let's talk about <laughs> specifically Ellie getting captured when her horse gets shot, and about uh, Joel doing torture and interrogation techniques. Uh, Patrick, you oh, had yeah. mentioned the two people uh, dragging the horse. A horse weighs as much as a small car. I just want ev- like yeah, you're not yeah. you're not dragging that horse. Anymore. No, you're not. It, and it also um, doesn't have wheels like a car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, point number two, that's a waste of a good horse. Well, not if they're going to eat it. I mean, they could probably ride it farther to go hunting in new places or something, or maybe steal a second one and breed them. But like just I mean, immediately capping that horse because you're like, I'm mad that that guy killed Steve. Like that's a real fucking dumb move. Okay. Uh, now we can also talk about my theory. Yeah. So maybe this is like obvious and my theory is fucking stupid, but um, I'm pretty sure what's going on is they wanted to kill Ellie so bad because she knew the truth, which is what which is that Joel wasn't some crazy guy who attacked them. They attacked him first because I'm guessing that this David guy probably has standing orders to not like just attack people and steal their shit. And yeah, so it's a potential food source. John. <laughs> so he so they were basically trying to kill Ellie so that he would never find out that they did that. You're so smart. Yeah, I thought about that, but I I don't know. I can see it going both ways. I I I kind of retconned my thought after you see that uh David is like a creepy pedo teacher preacher. <laughs> and like he wants her because he wants her. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, fuck. So do you think that they knew he was a pedophile, so, so they wanted to kill her so she wouldn't be molested by him? No, I think they wanted to kill her because they fucking were mad at her that, like, she is a survivor, number one, knows the truth, and that also she's, like, hiding Joel, and they just want to kill her because, like, they want to kill both of them and just have it be done, right? But maybe, yeah, maybe, like, uh, who's Troy Baker's character? Jesse? That's the other one? Dude, I didn't even recognize him until you said that. The other guy with David that they kept focusing on a long time, that's the guy who plays the voice and the movements of Joel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his name was Jesse in the show. I can't remember. I was calling him Jimbo in my notes, but... Jimbo? Well, Ellie calls him Buddy Boy, which I found very endearing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe... That's the most cool kid being an adult thing ever. I was so proud of her for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. If I was her age, that'd be the coolest shit I could ever dream of doing. She, uh, the way I wrote it in my notes was Ellie rolled a natural 20 on her intimidation check. (laughs) Oh, yeah. For sure. There's no way that a little girl with a gun should be scary, but somehow she pulled it off. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. She killed it, dude. I think those guys were the dudes from episode six. I'm watching it, and they really don't give them a lot of FaceTime, like so. It's almost impossible to tell, but they seem. It's very likely that that's the same. I I want to believe, and I do believe my theory. Well, I was. I'm talking about my theory that that's why they wanted to kill her. 
um, because I think it makes it better. <laughs> and that's I, why okay, I choose so to believe it. You know, the guy who, oh man, I think you're right. I'm like looking at, I think you're right. But, but doesn't Ellie, Ellie tells uh, David that she tells him like they, he was defending himself. And then he's like, he was defending you. Like he doesn't care. Like he doesn't care the situation. He just wanted her. You're right. It gives depth to those dudes like cowardice though. Yeah. Like they may, they maybe didn't know that he's a pedo, but, or like he's trying to groom this child. I don't know. This can't be the first time, but maybe it's the first time he's, well, if, yeah, I mean, if he's willing to slap a little girl, I mean, it's not that far to grooming and other And these people shit. asked him to lead, right? Because, I don't know, it's a little bit kind of, doesn't make sense if you think about it too much. Yeah, like, they well, asked him to lead, but he's like got an iron grip, I guess, on some shit, yeah, but not others. Yeah, I mean, well, so this is kind of related to like just Ellie being captured because that's when you first get that uh, confirmed, right, is when he like, reaches his hand out on the on the mm-hmm. cage or whatever and yeah i i know this is a very like shitty subject and i don't want to like make a joke too much about it or anything but like i literally i literally like probably five minutes before that happened was talking to my fiance and i was like i feel like they, they could have done like the pedophile thing with this guy and i'm so glad they didn't do that <laughs> because i was like oh it's a cannibal thing you know what i mean i was like they're not going to do pedophile cannibal like, that's just, like, crazy. And the reason I was uh, relieved when I thought they weren't going to do it is because it was, like, it's just, like, it's overdone and it's, like, cheap heat. You know what I mean? It's just, like, makes the stakes really high. And, like, I don't know. I It's also just uncomfortable. Cult leaders do that, though. It is weirdly realistic. I mean, you, you can also see his point of view. Wait, the pedophile? Yeah, not of being a pedo, but oh, of like, okay. I was the, like feeding, feeding his flock, right? You know, it's like, well, there's it's winter. They didn't prepare enough. The and like at first, I thought he was killing random people or just like finding randos like in the wilderness and bringing them in. But then, uh, was it Joel says it? Who says it? They're like, oh, they're 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 eating their dead. Or maybe it was in the after the episode. Well, thing. I, I mean, remember. if you remember that girl that he slapped, her dad, she was trying to bury him, and he said, "No, we can't oh, bury him." Yeah, and it which was which is true though, which is true. Like the permafrost or, or the, but they're also going to eat him. They could burn him <laughs> yeah. or something. They don't have to bury him in the ground. <laughs> yeah, but if they don't have any food, like he tells him, it's like you know, Jesse tells David, like, "Yeah, we got like a ration. If you ration the food, we got a week of food, maybe two. Yeah. No, I agree um, with you about the cannibalism yeah. thing. Like, I totally understand why that would like become necessary, especially if the winter is worse than you thought it was going to be, and all that. And stuff. if you're eating, you're dead. Yeah. Not Weird. making them dead. Uh, two thirds of fungus, fungus, fungus is pro cannibalism. I mean, not under normal circumstances, but uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah, walk it back now. So I would like to move back to the horse because there's no okay. fucking way that guy ran in front of that horse. Uh, Not unless Ellie did like a fucking zigzag wait, move. That Okay, so Ellie runs away on a horse. They're behind oh. her. And then he's in front of the horse and shoots it. Like, fuck that. She took two right turns and he just cut through like the yard or something. He jumped a fence. Yeah. Man, that was like the most unbelievable part of the whole episode for me. It's way more unbelievable that he would drag the horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, fair. Second most unbelievable. He wouldn't have a horse to drag. That's okay. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So the long and short of the whole Ellie being captured scene is that David's a pedophile. They fucking eat people. 
And then she shoots her shot. She tries to grab the keys by breaking his fingers and she fucks it up. She takes the L and that's when she's like, okay, I'm totally 100% fucked. And then that's luckily when we jump over to Joel, who as usual is uh, killing everyone that needs killing. (laughs) Oh my God. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Him stabbing that dude in the neck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gangster is gangster of all time. And then he was tired after that. Yeah, well, and then he was tired. Just a little power. He's like, now I'm ready to kill again. (laughs) Then daddy's up, and he's about to go old man Logan on these motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, the knife to the knee. And he's like, I want to Earl pop your fucking kneecap off. I was like, yeah, do it. (laughs) If I'm ever sad, I'm going to watch that scene. I just oh, ever pick me up. I love the guy in the corner where he's like, "Why are you doing that? What's go? Like, what? Come on, stop!" And it's like, "Bro, you are so far past that point. Like, yeah, that yeah. was you took his precious. That was weeks ago college. that we were at that point. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm so glad he has had just enough penicillin in the last thirty six hours or whatever. It and he did the uh, he did the thing with the maps that he did in the other house, right? With the the two uh, native people and yep. the. Wyoming or whatever. That's kind of the classic and, uh, Joel move. Yeah, yeah. point on this map, and then, and then you see him do it again. You're like, oh, I know where this goes, and then he just immediately kills. Him. Oh man, fuck you! I'm not telling you anything. It's like, oh okay, it's okay. I believed him. That was pipe right to the head. I love how these weapons. He's using the weapons from the game. I love it, man. The pipe was in there too. Yeah, and it that's also makes dope. sense because that this is also a thing in the game. He's like, I'm not gonna waste bullets on a guy that is just completely incapacitated. I can just yeah. fucking stab him in the fucking chest or beat him to death. Like, fuck it. Yeah. When he hit that dude in the head with a pipe, I let out the most guttural fucking noise where I was just like, yeah. Yeah. I was, I couldn't have been, I'm going to watch that scene again right now. Actually, I'm, I'm going to tap out of the podcast. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we can move on to. Um, Would you have lied to get out of the cage? Because Ellie's a fucking savage, bro. She knows. I don't know what she knows. She's hoping Joel comes. I don't know what she's hoping. She's just maybe ready to die. She's like, you know, Joel is either going to save me or I'm going to die. I know I'm a wuss. And if anybody gave me an opportunity to get out of the cage, I would have at least gotten out of the cage before I tried to break their finger. Well, she tried to grab her keys, right? Or his keys. Yeah, but like 30 seconds before that, I would have just been like, yes, daddy, pedophile. And then I got out of the cage and then tried to stab him or whatever. But yeah, she's such a ball of fucking rage that she can't even humor that dude enough. Because that'd be too like that. Lying is too much effort for how angry she is right now. And then she just goes savage on that dude. I think maybe Mm -hmm. what her calculation was, was after she found out that he was uh, a pedophile creep that uh, maybe she was trying to goad him into getting eaten because she preferred that to the alternative. I don't know. That's kind of dark to think about. But Wait, goad who into getting eaten? Uh, David. Uh, like, she was trying to piss David. him off so that he would eat her instead of the other thing. Mm, fair. Ah. Is this an appropriate time to bring up? Because I think it actually happens in a second, but the um, when she gets pulled out of the cage and they're going to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the whole like I'm infected. That was a good lie. That was that was, was a good bit. clutch. Yeah, she didn't need them to believe it. She just needed it to like cause enough of a distraction for her to like do something, you know? Which Yeah. She that was awesome. Yeah. I, I think it, it would be pretty wild too if she could actually uh infect people. But man, I, I'm sure. 
That would be cool. I didn't even think about that. If she could just bite somebody and turn him into a fucking clicker or whatever the fuck and runner. Just, and she's still okay. Yeah. It'd be the most savage also like fucked up thing ever. I, want, I would be down for this like alternate universe yeah. DLC or whatever. It takes a while though. So it's not like it would be instant. They'd still be able to fight you and kill you and stuff. Oh, you for know? sure. But it depends on where they get bitten. Remember, it can go faster. It's like also, the higher do you remember, your body. Do you remember this... Apart from The Walking Dead, I think it's the... We don't talk about that show on this show. This Have is you the heard only of this zombie alternate... show. <laughs> these, are, these are real zombies, though, in The Walking Dead. These are not, not real wow. fake zombies. No, let me rephrase this. Edit all Whoa. this out. The real zombies <laughs> real are zombies. in this show. Fake zombies are in Walking Dead. Thank, okay. Conti- yeah. The comic book. But, but there's a part... Yeah, the comic graphic novel that's definitely not a hit show that went way too long on TV. Uh, that show... They had the guy that, like, they guys cut off his leg. They were, like, eating pieces of him slowly, right, by a campfire. Yeah. And then he starts laughing. Like, the guy who's being eaten, like, starts laughing diabolically. And the guys that had captured him, they're like, oh, what's wrong? He's like, you're all infected now. And he shows him a bite. And he's like, you've just been eating my fucking foot, blah, blah, blah. Dude, that's wild. Because that also happened in the Walking Dead game, but totally different. Oh, that, the way you just told is super fucking cool. The other one is like way more pathetic and sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing I like about the Walking Dead zombies is that uh, it doesn't matter if you like get bit by a zombie. It's just like when you die, you turn into a zombie. Mm-hmm. So it's like everybody oh, I didn't know that was the rules. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody has the virus. But if you get bit, then you just die faster and turn into a zombie. So, dude, that's mm. cool rules. I almost wish I would have ever paid attention to that. Yeah, the dead are way scarier in Walking Dead land than in Last of Us land. Well, that's because they can just magically break through stone walls and shit. <laughs> yeah, but they're way slower usually. Like, feel like Last of Us, like the runners and the clickers and shit. They're like slow until they're not. I like the ticking time bomb concept of The Walking Dead. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does make things very interesting. But that is a different podcast. Um, it is. When yeah, I'm in the nursing show. home, when I'm old, I might read the comic books one day. I could talk for a million years about that show, but that, again, is not this podcast. That's nope, on the other podcast. Um, Battlestar yeah. Galactica podcast. <laughs> we are. So say we all. Ooh, uh, X-Files is my counterpoint. Anyway, we are <laughs> making our way through this episode at a very nice clip. So we are basically at the end where Ellie manages to escape from David's clutches. She sets the steakhouse on fire. Uh, very biblical, very symbolic, very, uh, yeah, tonally interesting. Um, yeah, that was uh, more scary to me than a lot of the scenes with zombies in them. That was definitely yeah. like the dose of horror slash thriller that I needed from this episode because fuck that guy. And I was very scared of him during that scene. Fuck that guy and the horse he tried to drag away on. (laughs) Man, that was crazy. Like the, uh, the, the ticking time bomb. Oh God. This is just gonna have to get edited out now. Oh man. Uh, the ticking time bomb of the steakhouse filling up with smoke was just m- giving me such anxiety while watching the rest of it go on. Um, do you have anything to say before, I, like, just talking about the end of that scene? Uh, you mean when they're reunited? No, when she demolishes that man. Oh. Oh. 
Yeah, murder murders him to death. Is there any th- th- thoughts? I don't have before? anything original to say about it. I just have the obvious shit. So if you have no, something- no, I just wasn't sure if I was too excited and there was a little bit of meat in the middle because there's that little cat and mouse game and yeah. stuff. Well, no, but, all okay. I wanted to say about that was well, just I mean- that it was a good horror sequence where it was like. It was like the scene in Jurassic Park where they're hiding from the velociraptors, essentially. Yeah. John, I was I yeah. just bit my tongue and didn't say that because I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. I was picturing it as we spoke. Okay, I mean, I was going to say that in the game that you play that whole sequence out. And I remember it being like kind of difficult because uh, if you get spotted, you die. Right. So you got to hide from this guy and try and kid him like hiding behind boosts and shit, throwing shit. And it's a. Uh, yeah, he's coming for you nonstop, so it is pretty tense. Wait, so I you, like that part. Okay, I, mm, I'm scared to play that part in the game. <laughs> it was just a little bit hard to. I think I had to do it a couple, a few I times. Feel like but emotionally, it's a, it's a great it part. would be hard to play a. And he's like yelling at you the whole time, yelling at, laying out like creepy shit. Yeah, and, I don't want to play yeah. as a that small terrifying. child that's a scared of being raped. Like that's horrible. I don't know if the rape thing was in there. I can't remember, but if that's not uh, definitely if they, you're playing as Ellie. This whole this whole section you're playing as Ellie in the game. Yeah, if that's if that part isn't in the game, it's more palatable for me for sure. Nobody tell John what's in the game unless I didn't play it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that final rage scene at the end when she just like oh, disassociates yeah. and like uh, chop livers his face. Mm-hmm. That really um, hits up a, a, a peak of what we've talked about the entire season, what they've done a really good job of the entire season, which is having Ellie's um, like the charting of Ellie's growth kind of put her uh, on a, on a, on a, on a trajectory to understanding Joel, every kind of like lesson she ends up learning makes her more understanding and empathetic of not just the advice that he gives, but as the, the person he has become. Uh, And so, in the final rage sequence, she like is just disassociating. And I feel like it was a visual, like it's synchronized with actions. We've seen Joel take like almost one for one. Uh, I think after all of this, she'll relate to him more and understand him deeper and hear things that he has to say with more weight. Um, And in turn, I'm hoping now Joel has a new understanding of Ellie's abilities. And even if she doesn't have wisdom, she has intelligence and resilience and like this fucking moxie that we've seen demonstrated at, at by the end of this episode to just peak, like peak peak. She took care of things and she's capable. And that was fucking gnarly. Uh, Patrick, do you have anything? Yeah. I feel like they talked a lot about this episode about Ellie's. uh, Well, David talked a lot about Ellie being like a violent, has a violent heart. Right. And he recognizes that in her and in himself. That's why he wants to like keep her forever. But uh, when you said charting Ellie's growth, all I could think about is like when you chart kids like development, they see like 90th percentile for height and stuff. It's like Ellie's <laughs> in the 90th, 99th percentile for violence and uh, yeah. murder. <laughs> but, <laughs> for murder. And he even brings this up, not just violence, but also loyalty. Yeah, very loyal. Yeah. And willing to defend that like ferociously, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, there's a lot coming out when she's bashing his face and, you know. And I really feel bad for her that she's having to go. She's like, I think she's like still 15, right? Something like that. And yeah. to have to do all the shit that she's gone through is just, man, can she still be a kid after that? You know? 
there's uh, there's no therapy in this world, and there's also way more fucked up shit that people need therapy to get over. So it's like a really uh, brutal kind of one two two hit combo type thing. But yeah, um, the the thing that I wanted to say about Ellie and Joel, I guess, is that. I, I hope, because I don't know what's going to happen, that this will lead to more appreciation between the two of them on both sides, where Ellie now has felt what it's like to not be able to rely on Joel and to have to take care of him and will hopefully, kind of like what Jesse was saying, take him more seriously when he says things because she knows how much, like she finally realizes how much he does to protect them and like mm-hmm. all that and that. Also, like Jesse was saying, hopefully he will appreciate her more and realize, I mean, the thing is, at the end of this episode, all the walls are down, baby, right? Like, we were talking about yeah. this. We've been saying, like, oh, the walls are starting to come down. Oh, like, he's opening up a little bit, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, now it's full bore. It is whole hog. It is all. It is everything. It is Alpha Omega. He is, like, he calls her a baby girl, which I can't confirm that he did this, but like that sounds like daughter. something that he would call his yeah his real daughter his quote yeah. unquote real daughter. Fuck that shit. This is his new real daughter, <laughs> and he has fully adopted yeah. her at this point. Which that moment, mm, chef's kiss. That is uh, spoilers yeah. for my rating, but that is going to have a lot of influence on what I rate this episode. Perfect timing, right? This is the second to last episode, mm-hmm. and it's. We get now we're gonna get at least one episode of Ellie and Joel being like this yin and yang mm-hmm. of uh, of like p- partners in this world, you know, depending on each other and realizing that they do depend on each other. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just perfect timing and man, that baby doll, baby girl thing that he said, like, oh man, that was so sad. But also like he's finally got there, you know, he brought himself there. Dude, you just got me so excited for the next episode in a way that I totally fucking have not fathomed yet, which is watching like Ellie and Joel operating as a team. Firing all cylinders, yeah. Yeah, I can't say at peak though, because he has a sewn up tummy. But hey, he got that uh he got that liquid penicillin yogurt injected I'm, into him. He's good I'm to really go. I'm gonna be upset when that's the fucking um like weak point in the next episode is people just keep punching Joel in the tummy. <laughs> and what if like pus comes out his ears and nose? It's like, it's like, you know, you have like too much snot in your nose and stuff, you know? Yeah. Patrick, this is a Looney Tunes <laughs> episode <laughs> and I could see that happening. I'm so scared for Joel. Like, I feel like through this whole season, they've just been peppering in these little things where they're like, oh, he punched that guy too hard, and now his hand's fucked up, and it's kind of shaky, and he can't shoot as well. Oh, he's been shooting too much, and now he can't hear that well on one side. Oh, he's, like, completely fucked up from this stab wound, and it's infected. It's just like, I am so scared for Joel because, oh, man, like... I, I, I don't what, know what's going to happen, so I'm not spoiling the listeners. I don't know what's going to happen, but just I feel like they've been peppering in these little weaknesses and these little chinks in the armor and everything for Joel. And I'm like, oh, God, please, no. <laughs> I mean, and what a 180, right? Because at the beginning of this season, you're, you have all those things about Ellie. Like, oh, this fucking idiot cannot like hold her own. Like, she's going to get them all killed, you know. And, like, and in any other kind of, you know quote-unquote, like, mainstream kind of commercial movie like this. Like, Joel's the badass. Like, he's the Jack Ryan kind of Mission Impossible Tom Cruise Jack character. Jack Ryan. Just like, what a Jack Reacher, too. Gets Jack Reacher, Jack Ryan. Yeah, okay. he's, like, the okay. guy You're that's, the like, cool the old uncle. 
the ultimate badass that just never, uh, you know, never gets, he gets knocked down and gets back up. Nothing can stop him kind of shit. It's like, oh no, like Joel's going to die like without Ellie. Yeah. It's definitely looking like he's going to die to me. Like I'm just trying to pick up what the show is pick, putting down and that's the vibes I, I'm getting. Is this the ultimate dad show? Like secretly? I mean, besides the Dadalorian? Yeah, I was going to no, say, this is... Uh... Not, <laughs> not not like just like, oh, he's like daddy. I mean, like be, to be dad is to be in constant... Okay, that's unfair. The caricature in movies. No, okay, hold on. I want to actually say this. I'm trying to think of the right. Are you thinking of like the archetypical dad? Like the, I feel like often like an protect. adult struggle is fighting things that become weaknesses or problems be- with age. And when you're proud, you don't want to admit those things and you struggle with them. And it's just kind of a regular part of aging that people don't often want to talk about. And so it's kind of endearing to see it in a show, but it being such an integral part of this show, I think it might make it the ultimate dad show. We will talk about this more later (laughs) after he dies. Uh, No, after the credits of this episode. Okie dokie, daddy. (laughs) <laughs> um, Patrick, did you have anything else to say? Because we've pretty much reached the end of the episode. The only other thing I had was the uh, yeah, was it. the thing where she stabbed the penicillin and just directly into the wound. And I'm sitting there like, are you sure you weren't supposed to like put that in a vein or like? And did you just like stab that into his liver or something? Like, like I I didn't even know the answer to whether or not that was correct, but I just felt Ellie's stress where it was like, I don't even know if this is the right thing to do. Uh, dude, yeah, I'm I'm on Team Ellie for that one. It's like you could maybe try to put it in a vein. It looked like a fucking large amount of penicillin. It looked I mean, like a lot of penicillin. I'm like, man, just put it where the where the hurt is. That's what I would probably end up doing, just to be safe. Me too. I feel like I would have tried to put it in a vein, but again, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. It's an intramuscular injection. Okay, so... So not in a vein. Well, then I feel like she probably shouldn't have stuck it all the way in. She should have, like, stuck it into the rib meat or something. <laughs> oh, the Joel man. Strip. <laughs> yeah. I am just so interested in the answer to this. Because the, the, the amount she stabbed it in, I feel like she would have been hitting internal organs, not, like, muscles. For sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't... Man, we're so not prepared for this end of days yeah i'm gonna figure this out and maybe we'll let you know on the uh, next episode <laughs> for a hundred, yeah let's do that we are now an educational podcast where we teach yeah. uh, you know like basic first aid and <laughs> no smart, we can't do smart, that smarts the new podcast where we teach you how to be smart uh, cage 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 no um all right so that is the end of the episode we have now reached the rating and review part of the show so, Jesse, yeah. how many dead horses out of seven would you give this episode and why? Oh, man. Um, God, I'm unprofessional today. I would give this seven baby girls out of seven because the emotional walls are down. The eagle has landed. Like, I'm ready to go, motherfuckers. This is... I needed this emotional, like, just... I needed the scales balanced and I didn't expect it at the end of the season to be him getting gutted and Ellie needing to go Rambo on some motherfuckers. But, Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I was hyped this whole episode. Seven out of seven baby girl. All right, Patrick, what about you? 
Um, yeah, basically saying agreeing with Jesse on this one. I'm gonna give it seven out of seven Funga Kingdoms because got all those emotional walls down. We got Ellie and Joel as a team. They're both destroyed at the end, kind of you know emotionally and dependent on each other. They need each other going into this final episode. What's gonna happen? I don't know. Well, I do know. You I'm do pretend know, I don't you know. lying fuck. <laughs> I know fucking everything is going to happen here on out. I'm not going to say anything. Patrick, you're kicked off yeah. the podcast. <laughs> fuck you. I'm back on the podcast. It's 100% oh. honesty here on Fungus, Fungus, Fungus. Yeah, I fungus can never trust you again. Um, I only know the last episode of next season, so every episode until then is a mystery for me. Interesting. <laughs> um, I know. It's a weird world to live in, John. All right, so... As for myself, uh, I thought this episode was great. Uh, not like that shitty episode last week. Like, this was really engaging, really interesting, really fun. Um, I did have complaints. I Just to, like, run through them real quick. Uh, not because I don't like the episode, but just to show, like, you know, how much I didn't care about them that I still liked the episode so much, you know? So. Everybody needs to know. Uh, no fungus. That's a huge... Uh, strike against it for me personally i mean this is is a show about fungus zombies and we had zero fungus zombies come on so there was that change my review zero out of seven (laughs) i also didn't like um the kind of rote take on religion i feel like whenever uh the christian god and the bible are introduced you're like okay so these are bad guys and it would have been more interesting to see something different. But, I mean, I get that they're working with the source material. So maybe this is more of a criticism of the the source material, which came out a significantly longer time ago. So maybe it wasn't as rote at that time, you know? Um, also, oh, wait. No, that was it. That was it. Those were my two main, main complaints. So despite those things, because I liked uh, Ellie's moment with Joel at the end where he calls her baby girl and they hug and... They're a family now. It's so cute and awesome. Uh, I love that so very much that we are going to give it seven out of seven dead horses. So, and the crowd goes wild. So that's a perfect score. I mean, so far, yes. this is the best episode of the season, according to this podcast. Wow. Averages. <laughs> Don't like them. <laughs> Um, so now we move on to the next part of our podcast that we invented last week, where we dissect one of the things that bothers me about John's review. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, I want to um, hear it. One th- Say it. No, this was a conversation that we brought up earlier that uh, we did not come back to. So we, for the listeners, we, we have to come back to this. But um, in this episode, at it really... The in air quotes, the religious people aren't bad. Uh, the religious people are naive. They're the cult leader guy was in my like it. We I thought it was interesting how by the end of it, he was like, yeah, I don't. It's the fungus, man. He's like, the fungus yeah. tells me how to live my life. I'm not like I just use the Bible because these guys need the Bible. But I'm yeah, about we didn't the really fungus. Even talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I forgot. That was insane of him. Yeah, he's really Church of Fungus. Uh, or Church of Cordyceps. Well, he doesn't share the whole fungus worship thing with them. Yeah, but it's at least it's a it's an interesting twist on a like, I'm just I'm just using this story to like play these idiots. But I really know what's going on. But yeah. didn't he Oh go ahead, John. Oh no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, didn't he um 
when he's explaining his religion to Ellie or his, his path to his religion, like he said he was a teacher before and then he wasn't even religious and he comes to that later, at, literally in the apocalypse, after oh, the no. apocalypse. And, he was uh, a teacher before. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so this is probably he not, was a teacher before. Yeah, a, a and he's pedo a pedophile. Teacher. No. Yeah, th- remember when he says like he loves the fighting the most? Like when he's chasing Ellie in the no. steakhouse, he's like, "This is my favorite part." I yeah. need a shower. Yeah, it's fucked up. He also says, "Oh, I I used to I used to teach kids that were about your age." Like, ugh. Yeah, mm. you just connected um, that for me, ugh. Patrick. So thank you, and I'm I'm sorry for interrupting you. Oh no, no problem. Um, I yeah I. I I thought it was just weird when he talks about the fungus or the relationship he has or the appreciation and uh, kind of like uh, adoration he places on cordyceps, you know. And it's like, does he feel that way? Because it seems like the adoration for the cordyceps came and then he links it to like biblical kind of themes, right? And then he has like maybe more appreciation and then maybe it's more like reverence at that point. I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't know I what think- to think about it. I think the cordyceps were a reinforcement of this primal belief where he was this bad person that does these like cruel, unjust things. And then he sees these mushroom and in his mind, them taking over the world kind of showed that they were the smartest, most powerful thing. And then when he dissected how he he perceived them to work, he was like, oh, they're animalistic and fucked up like me. And if they're the smartest and the best, then like I might be the smartest and the best. And nobody's seeing that they're the smartest and the best. So I'm going to be this creepy fucking cult leader. And I think he was using the Bible to instill his fungus. I think if he would have literally said the fungus stuff, people wouldn't have listened to him. So he's just quoting parts of the Bible that reinforce like sometimes you got to be an animal. Yeah, I I mean, we're talking about it. So even though we're going a little bit long at this point, I feel like I just kind of have to bring it up. But like his whole thing was, you know, she said, oh, you're an animal or something like that. And he's like, yeah, like we are just an animal, which um, I mean, not to be like a fucking nerd, but like that goes against like biblical scripture and pretty much every like Abrahamic religion, like mm-hmm. the Abrahamic They're religions separate. are like based on the premise that humans have this like divine spark, this thing that makes them different from animals and nature and gives them the ability and the responsibility to tend to nature and be master of like flora and fauna and all that. You know what I mean? Like we have this thing that differentiates us from, from other animals, from other creatures of the earth. And so, I mean, that, that's an interesting thing to think about for sure. Uh, and I, I, I did like that part of this episode. Like, I'm not trying to make it sound like I understand that point of view. I find that view to be very anti-human. Um, I think that humans do have some unique quality. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a horrifying and weird ideology or belief that's kind of difficult to confront in media and in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could... I could- just I can uh, see how easily manipulate manipulatable manipulatable I don't like that word uh, how e- yeah um in that circumstance in that world like if you that I the greatest scheme that has ever been schemed and you're just like the blueprints were laid out for me man I how could I not use it on these rubes 
Yeah. Fuck that guy. Okay. Fuck um, that guy. So we all liked the episode, best episode so far, even though, yeah, I... I oh, actually, my third complaint was the pedophile thing. I, I thought that was unnecessary and creepy and uncomfortable to watch. So, all right. Great episode. Other than that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Fungus, Fungus, Fungus. You can check out my other podcast project with Patrick. It's called Devil Fruit Punch, and you can search for it on any podcatching app of your choice. John. What? What's it called? Devil Fruit Punch. Devil Fruit Punch. What's it about? Um, it's about a manga called One Piece. Um, it's, you know, this Never like little it. indie project that's by this kind of cute guy. You know, he has like a really sweet and innocent sense of humor and a really insane talent for illustrating action sequences and movement and stuff. Um, just a master of the art form basically, but Patrick and I no are biggie. reading that comic book, that manga with our friend Matt and Matt is probably the biggest fan of the three of us <laughs> for sure. Oh, but that's crazy. For sure. He's also very smart and has uh, smart things to say about that show. Yeah. Yes, Baller. he does. But that's a different podcast. Uh, this podcast is, uh, dragons, dragons, dragons. Just kidding. It's fungus, fungus, fungus. But you <laughs> can email us at dragons, dragons, dragons pod at gmail.com. We are not making any new email addresses. That is the email forever. I just want you to know Wasteful. that. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Twitter at DDD pod. Uh, that I could probably change pretty easily, but that might get a little confusing, so it probably won't but do we that. Won't. Uh, nope. uh, you can also follow Jesse at uh, on Twitter at Jesse underscore wind. Uh, you can also get my secret uh, social media accounts if you email the show and ask, but nobody's ever asked, so I don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's a secret. Our music is by Rabbit Road. That's all lowercase and with spaces between the letters. And until next time, when you're lost in the darkness, Daddy's coming for you. Look for the fungus, Slight. Fungus, fungus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new podcast. This one is just about Pedro Pascal and all of the weird shows <laughs> and things that he does. Um, we're talking about The Mandalorian this time, season three, episode one. You guys thought it was mid. I would like to hear why. The cinema, it, it felt, too, it felt too, mm, what's the right word here? Mid. What does <laughs> mid mean? You Google that on Urban Dictionary while I try to figure uh, out how just to explain tell me, this. So I don't have to Google it's it. It's like, it's not dank-ass weed, and it's not ditch weed. It's just like, it's it. Uh, okay. No, it was, so, it, the, it was the like, tone whatever. of it, it didn't feel like a cool Western. And, like, even though they weren't, they don't need to be doing cool Western things, but there's still, like, a, a timing to the editing. There's a pacing. There's, like, angles and ways you shoot things where, like... This felt like an episode of the Golden Girls, and I like the Golden Girls, but that's not what I was expecting from this. I think the my the first thing that jumps to mind for me is when he's talking to the little Babu Fricks, and uh, Creed has to be outside of the door, and he's like, "Let me translate for this for you, just in case anybody in the audience is really stupid." 
I'm like, we got it, bro. You don't need to be, you were embarrassing yourself and I'm embarrassed for you. And this doesn't feel good. I read that scene totally different. Um, Wait. uh, Adonis Creed. uh, Carl Weathers. uh, I was trying to think, like, (laughs) wasn't he like kneeling outside the door or something? Yeah. Grief Karga. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Reef Karga. Do you say Grief? You said Creed. At least said Creed. He did say Creed because he was Creed. talking about a different movie that he's in. Yeah, Apollo Creed, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, th- I yeah. said Adonis. Oh, I fucked up. Yeah, Nerd you said Adonis. Revoked. I was like, who Nerd the fuck revoked. is this guy? Okay. Yeah. Um, Reef Karga. So why did you think yeah. it was mid, Patrick? I just thought there was a lot of setup that sounds kind of boring, and like, I maybe I just need to rewatch the second season again and the first one, but like. Din Djarin's, uh goal or his quest this season seems to be like go stand in a river, <laughs> cleanse his yep. cleanse his sins for like taking his helmet off, and I'm just kind of like, hmm, okay, I'm not, I'm just not very excited right now. And but Patrick, I, I didn't like, yeah, that water is so laden with meaning. It's just heavy and sopping wet with like symbolic what do they meaning. Call it the they call it the the. Cl- was it cleansing waters? Yeah, or cleansing waters? tides or cleansing waters or something like that. Yeah, that wet wet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm here for the uh, I'm here for the Grogu and uh, and Mando show. So I'll go where they go. But I'm, I feel yeah, like the Grogu puppet was used inelegantly in a bunch of scenes. Oh my god! It was shot like oh. just the cinematography was mid. What Patrick? I really did like during the okay. This is, I got two things. So the first thing I want to say is the um, when they were in the hyperspace and Grogu's looking around, and you can see like these whales, yeah, shaped yeah. objects like kind of beyond the hyperspace thing, going the same speed as them. I was like, yep. that's pretty fucking cool. Never thought that about was that. rad. I was um, wondering if that was one of those things from Solo or not, but nobody saw that movie but me. And then I saw that movie, I, and <laughs> that. Not even gonna bring it up, but no, uh, yeah. Do you remember the thing in the middle where they were going to, when they were doing the like, oh, we could do this in tw- like thirteen parsecs, and there's like a monster in the middle of it. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if it was one of those. And the, oh, the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean bad guy in this one now. I'm like, oh come on, this dude's like made of moss. <laughs> oh, that was a dopey fucking prosthetic. That was also like kind of stupid. Looking. I love that. Was, that. Like, all CG. Oh my god, you guys! I wanted to love Sorry, it. Like man. I loved the like effort that was put into it. But it like I think it could have been lit better. Is probably the I think thing. what I'm gonna it do was is get lit. I'm gonna get really drunk and watch it again. Then I'll love it. But I was I agree. like, I was like not in a good state of mind. Maybe I was like just came in and I was excited. And then, like the beginning, just I got, I was like, oh, this big what action fart. sequence for like nothing. That I didn't like that introducing the Mando. Right? What action sequence? The Fish. The, the alligator. The the, uh, the giant like the thing. Fish. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fish, right? Or, I they thought dragged it was like that a, shit out for way too long. Everybody handled it terribly. It was a bad action scene. It was filmed poorly. It cut a whole Mando bunch. Shows up. I <laughs> thought it was a flashback at first. The only cool part was when Mando flew the ship through the fucking thing. They all should have just backed the fuck up. Like I felt bad that they had to kill that they killed it too. I don't know. I mean, the CG on that monster looked bad on all the close-ups too. <laughs> but then when the camera pulled out, it looked awesome. It was like eleven out of ten on the fucking pull-out shots, and all the close-ups were like they didn't load the four K texture pack. I was like, why did they have the ceremony right up to the waters of this clearly dangerous like uh, body of water? Like that seems dumb to me. They're all about waters and liquids. Okay, I've been letting you guys completely talk and say whatever you want, so now I'm about to go <laughs> off, all right? 
Let's all laugh at John. Do it, Queen. The, the, the alligator it. is fucking cool, and I will not hear otherwise. The design was cool. <laughs> it was cool the way they put bombs on him and blew him up. It was cool when his guts flew everywhere when Mando shot him. It was cool how the brave little boy who just got his helmet tried to fight, and he was saved by a giant dude with a Gatling gun and a cool mask. I don't care about whatever else <laughs> happened in that scene. That shit was fucking dope. Baby Yoda was not uh, clumsily or whatever you said Jesse used. Baby Yoda is not a hammer. Er, he's not a precision weapon. He is a he's a hammer. He is a cuteness hammer that you smash me on the head with. And I go, oh, he's so cute. And I want to save him and hug him and love him. And he cuddled with Mando. He spun himself around in a chair. He was in R2-D2's little bubble on a Naboo fighter from episode one when Anakin was a little baby and had R2-D2 with him. Those are very cool things you just said. Uh, What was the other thing? Oh, Carl Weathers was not being cringy. He was fucking with... Mando, he was like, oh, you need me to fucking translate the 100% English slash common that these little fuckers are saying at you? So he was doing it as a bit, and you could tell because Mando was getting annoyed at him for doing it over and over again. I think The Mandalorian is an episodic show that is meant to have these little bite-sized slice of life. This is what it's like to be a Mandalorian in this world, in this universe, in this time. It's not meant to have, like, some crazy overarching story. Like, it's going to have that, but that's not what we come to it for. Um, it's Monster of the Week shit. You know what I mean? That's that's what I love about The Mandalorian. And if they're going to lean into that, I am down. So the whole thing where he's going to soak in the waters or whatever, he's going to get in the hot tub at the end of the season. Totally fine with me. Hey, hey. Those little Babu Fricks are fucking awesome. Yeah, I was I was glad to see Babu Frick. Like I thought that was awesome. I, I don't like think that him was Babu from... Frick, you racist, okay. but it was definitely a couple of yes. his people. Thank that, you, Patrick, okay. for giving me an inch. I am glad that you liked Babu Frick. Yeah, I love Babu Frick. He's the only good thing out of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> we got Salacious Crumbs. Um, yeah, Salacious Crumbs in trees. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I like that part. I, okay, when you said the Monster of the Week, that is what I did not like about season two of Mandalorian it kind of got away from that like not even I think before the mid-season like I I did not like that that's why I didn't like Boba Fett like pretty much at all Boba Fett was not particularly good yeah for a lot of different reasons but like for Mando that were Mandalorian were good (laughs) (laughs) Mandalorian was in there that was the best part of Boba Fett we interrupt this broadcast to deliver a tiny episode of the Mandalorian doctor I need 10 cc's of the Mandalorian stat (laughs) (laughs) For <laughs> sure, kept that shit off the fucking ventilator. Um, I mean, as long as it's not too like rote with, um, or not too like predictable with the monster of the week, I just I hate that. I, I don't like the oh no monster, we got a problem. Are we gonna get rid of it? Oh, we got the secret cure that we can do to do some sh- cool shit. Oh no, let's use the secret weapon, and then we did it. And then oh, we got out of that, but barely. See you next week. I uh, I'm a big fan of X Files. I've been watching a lot of it recently, and it's probably in my top three like television shows of all time. So that is 100 percent my shit. So that might just be like a mm-hmm. difference in taste that we have. Yeah, I was like, it's also 100 percent my shit, but I think it's Patrick's shit too. He's just I lying. Think just <laughs> just not this just not this story. Like I like big arcing things that like have a lot of pieces that kind of cobble together and then it's this like huge mosaic at the end. I love that. Yeah. And I like that too. But, but I, I mean lo- yeah. yeah. Can I rant about one more thing? 
Was it when Baby Yoda was spinning in the chair? No, that, oh, but yeah. that was that adorable was as hell. And I loved that it. That was awesome. Uh, the the thing I wanted to, to like. rant about is, uh, well, first of all, I have this thought is not original and it's not creative, but we're in a bit of a uh, Pedro Pascal golden age. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I do know. People what you are mean. appreciating him. They are loving him. He's a heartthrob. People are watching Narcos, uh, all that shit. Um, I find it interesting that we have these two shows where Pedro Pascal is playing my sexy father. And I can't help but applying a little bit of like Freudian analysis to this where I'm like, what does it say about our society that we are so wet for this kind of story, for this kind of uh, character father in cinema? Father taking care of their child. Not, not only a father being a good father <laughs> and representing positive masculinity, but also being hot as fuck while he's doing it. Right. Like he is not only nurturing, he is also sexualized in in a way that I like I said, I think it's interesting to think about. Like this is such a phenomenon right now of all of these people across all genders, like not even just women, but just people in general gravitating towards this just highly sexualized father figure. I don't know. I just you know, it's hot, John, killing bad guys and caring about the people you love. I think it's I think the sexualization of Pedro is like it's very subtle though because it's not overt like Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones he's an overtly sexual like heartthrob kind of character, right? Didn't but didn't he? not not <laughs> sorry. But not really since then, right? Yeah, they don't need to do it in the show though cuz if you open up Instagram, it just like explodes a giant wave of juice at you. <laughs> just human cum and wet <laughs> ass pussy. Yeah, the people definitely love him like and he's like obviously he's like he's like a good-looking actor, man. But like as far as the shows that he's most famous for like Mandalorian, he's like completely covered up head to toe like the entire time in a suit. That's right? more credit the- to him that it goes beyond yeah. his physical it's unbelievable. looks. It is him. It is his essence that he is portraying. It's his voice, and, man. And I don't even think he was in the suit for most of epi- of most of season 1. I think he that wasn't. was like a change for season 2 and now this one. I but yeah, that is blows my mind that it's like he's barely in that. Just his voice and his face, kind of. That, I have not fact-checked this, but I believe it on a spiritual level. I think I heard somewhere that that voice that he does is canonically his bedroom voice. That that is his husky, sweet nothings voice that he's using when he's talking as Din. No, I think his actual voice is the Valley Girl from SNL. That's good. <laughs> when he's in the hospital bed. I've never seen that. that. I'll watch it after oh. this. Oh, man. Yeah, you gotta watch that. It's hilarious. Also, John, I cannot wait for you to ask Pedro that question to his face. At a <gasps> fan expo? Hopefully. What? You going to fan expo? <laughs> he's not going. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome, though. All right. Thank you guys for talking about The Mandalorian with me. Um, I'm excited, but... Thank you for talking with me, John. Thanks for listening to our new podcast called the the, the uh, Pedro Show. So what I was thinking, Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. We have Triple D, Dragons, Dragons, Dragons. Triple F is something we could call Fungus, Fungus, Fungus. This will yep. be Sextuple P because it's Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal, Pedro Pascal. Six P's. <laughs> oh God, guys. <laughs> we might have to restart this. <laughs> 
everyone's slowing down. <laughs> that was funny as fuck still. <laughs>